and welcome to season four of Believe in Bigger Pod Class. I love pod class, I do. It's a lituation. Um, and just in case anybody wonders, like, why would I choose to do this? Why would I choose to do this in front of people? Because like I said, I could totally be at home in my drawers doing a podcast, right? Uh, because I know what my gifts are. I know that teaching and speaking is kind of my thing. And I always give the best of myself when there are other people. Like, I know some people are like, ooh, public speaking, I can't do it. But for me, bam, this is like, it's like breathing for me, okay? So this is why I do it for you all. So here we are, episode seven. And I have to say, I got excited about this episode. I really, really did uh, because it ministered to me and it spoke to me. And I hope that it will speak to you. And so today's episode is all about what are you waiting for? And it comes from a famous passage of scripture, Isaiah 40, 31, which says this, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So what are you waiting for? On today's episode, we're going to be talking about these things. Number one, we're going to be talking about the illusion, meaning you might be waiting for the wrong thing. Number two, this is about recognizing who God is. You better ask somebody. And number three, they that wait, the blessing in waiting on God. So let's talk about the illusion. I love I love, especially as an English professor nerd, I love prose. I love when there are multiple refrains. In other words, when a, when a phrase repeats itself, I love it. I love it because it has a tone and a rhythm to it. And so what I'm about to read to you right now, it repeats itself throughout this chapter. And so Isaiah 40, 21 says, do you not know? Some version says, have you not known? It says, do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? He, the Lord that is, brings princes to naught and reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. No sooner are they planted, no sooner are they sown, no sooner do they take root in the ground than he blows on them and they wither and a whirlwind sweeps them away like chaff. I got chills like Lion King, like Mufasa, you know, like I love when when the Bible gets braggadocious about who God is. And it says, have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told to you from the beginning that what? That he brings people that you believe are in power, believe brings people that you think are powerful, are the are the gatekeepers are the people that can make a difference in what your situation is. He says, did you not know? that the people that are in power are only in power because God allows it to be so. He said, you didn't know that? That everything that you see is something that I have permitted to be so. There is no such thing as self-made. I know we like to say that. We like to put it on t-shirts, self-made. No, because everything that we see, every person that we see is self-made and I'm not taking anything away from their talent. But what we see is a representation of what God has permitted to be so. Because let's be honest, think about somebody that you know is famous, somebody that you know is owned. And then think about somebody else that's like 10 times more talented than them that ain't owned. It's not just about talent, okay? It's about 
permission? What does God permit? What does he allow to be so? Okay. And likewise, when the Bible says, don't you know that I can bring these people down to nothing? Y'all know I'm still in my feelings about Prince. Like still, still in my feelings. I'm like, how do you kill a unicorn? You can't. How did you? Oh my gosh. Like I'm still, because he just seemed larger than life. Prince just seemed immortal. I mean, think about it. When he died, every major city in the world, okay, at first world population went purple. That's impact, okay? Like he had impact on the world, so it just didn't seem right. But you know, death is the great equalizer. Death is a, nobody can outrun it. Nobody can outrun it, okay? And who determines what those days are going to be? God, okay? God. So I want you to think about it. He says, I bring people down to naught. Not, I, I, I had to look it up. I said, not and nothing, because these are words are used interchangeably. Like, it's all for naught. And we think like it's all for nothing. But not also means worthlessness. When something that was once at high value becomes worthless, okay? And so think about somebody that was once king or queen of the hill, okay? Somebody that was famous, top dog, killing it. And then was later reduced to nothing, you find them on an episode of Unsung. Like, whatever happened to, dang, I was wondering what happened to them. Dang, man, them drugs, man, dang, okay. But somebody was once on top, killing it, crushing it. And then all of a sudden, you didn't hear nothing from them no more. Didn't hear nothing about them. God says, I run that. That happens on my watch. He says, the word says, no sooner do they take root in the ground, so no sooner than they get comfortable. Then he blows like, and they out of there. It said like chaff. Okay. So you think about, think about how like dandelions kind of blow in, in the wind. Just like that. God says, I will blow on you and you gone. Your stem is empty. Okay. So I say this, I bring this up because I don't want you to get caught up thinking that the people that, that you think are powerful, that those are the people that hold the key to your blessings. They don't. Okay. Because all of their blessings are contingent upon what God allows. The people that you think can make it happen for you. The people that you would love to get up underneath, okay? I ain't gonna lie. Wouldn't we all love it if Oprah called and be like, yes, Oprah saw, yes, Oprah, yes, Ava DuVernay, yes, Issa Rae, yes, yes. Wouldn't we love it if we got that phone call, right? But here's the thing. Where does Oprah get her blessings from? Where does Ava get her blessings from? Who opened the door for Issa Rae? And there are some people that say, well, they opened the door for themselves. Well, I respect that. I respect your right to believe that. That's not what I believe because that's not what the word says. The word says, I open and close those doors. So don't get twisted. Don't get it twisted thinking that the people that are high up on the food chain are people that are going to be the ones that make the difference. God can allow them to open that door. But let's be clear who allowed them to open the door for you. In other words, he says, I can blow on them. I can blow on them. Think about it. Think about how big and massive Shonda Rhimes is. How big Oprah is, okay? And as big and, and monumental as they seem right now, nobody is exempt from doom. There's no doom-proof profession. Everybody can encounter something, okay? <laughs> I used to say, you ever heard this phrase, one monkey don't stop no show? And then somebody came along and said, well, if it's the right monkey, 
It depends. Okay, everybody has something. What might be your your weakness, okay, might not be hers. So everybody has something, okay, that might be tough to conquer and that might might be the end of their career. And the Bible says, didn't you know that? He said, have you not known? Have you not heard? Did somebody tell you long time ago who I am? Which brings us to you better ask somebody. <laughs> it's like you better recognize, okay? Verse 25 of that chapter says this, to whom will you compare me or who is my equal, says the Holy One. He said, come on, who you got? Who you going to compare me to? What Michael Jordan got on me? What Kobe got on me? What Oprah got on me? Tell me, tell me. Who are you going to compare me to, says the Holy One. He says, lift up your eyes. And look to the heavens. Who created all of these? He said, look up. Look at the sun, the moon, the stars. Who did that? I did that. He who brings out the starry host, in other words, the stars in the sky, one by one, and calls forth each of them by name. Think about how many stars in the sky there are. Trillions of stars in the sky. Trillions. We don't even know what trillions looks like in real life. Like We cannot even fathom it. And God says, I named them all and I know each one of them by their name. Who can do that? He said, you want some? Come get some. Okay. You want, like, who are you going to compare me to? It says, because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Think about that. The God of the universe says, if you look up, I created that. In other words, don't get focused so much on the blessing. Oprah is a blessing. Shonda is a blessing. Issa is a blessing. Idris Elba, yeah, she's a, it's a blessing. It's a blessing, okay? It's a blessing. But let's not overlook the blesser, the creator. In other words, who gave you them, okay? The same person who created the heavens and the earth, the sun, the moon, and the stars. And then it says again, have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God. Prince didn't make it, but God, God is. Okay? The everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. God says, not only can you not compare me, you can't even understand me because you tell me in what world, in what plane of thinking and rational thought, does it make sense that for human beings to be as vile and cruel and vicious? I was so mad. I got to take a sidebar real quick. This story, these five teenagers saw a disabled man drowning, drowning. And the man was asking for help. He said, help me. And these fools said, nope. That's what you get for going in there. And they watched the man drown and he died. And what did they do? Put it on Facebook for everybody to see it. And what killed me, what hurt me to my core, not only because they was our kids, but because it was like there was no law against that. There's no law that says if you see somebody dying or in distress that you have to help them. I said, wow. So think about people like that. And Jesus died for people like that. You cannot fathom it. You can't wrap your mind around that. Like, what? 
the vilest, the cruelest, the dirtiest, the most reprehensible thing that you can think of. God sent the person that he loved the most to die for somebody like that. God says, you can't even wrap your mind around that. My ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. As high as the heavens are above the earth are my ways above your ways. You cannot compare me to anyone else. He said, you better recognize. So here's the deal for us. Part of our struggle as believers is that we allow what's happening around us and in front of us to make us forget who God really is who he really is. That is why it is so critical, so critical, mission critical, that you walk by faith and not by sight. Because if all you had to rely on is what you see, you will never, ever have the key component that is necessary to move your dream forward. How many times in the New Testament did Jesus say, your faith has made you whole? Your faith, your faith, your faith. Not what it looks like, not what somebody else is doing on Instagram, your faith. In other words, your belief in what you think I can do is what has made the difference in your breakthrough. That's what makes the difference. And so when we think about why is it that we're not where we aspire to be? Why is it that we just haven't moved the needle? Why is it that it just seems like we just running in place? Because think about it. If you really, really, believe because actions always betray beliefs if you really really believe that God is the first and the last the alpha and the omega the beginning and the end he who was and will forever be that his mercy endureth forever he who created the sun the moon and the stars the one who came and died on the cross for your sins and stands at the right hand to tell God all about your situation and is going to be there one day to welcome you into heaven if you really really believe that why are you struggling why are you struggling? Because you don't know him. You don't know. There's a, let me tell you something. As a mother, it's one thing to have head knowledge about something. It's something else to have heart knowledge. If God struck me blind today, and Lord, please don't. <laughs> but if God struck me blind today, and I never could see my child again, you think I don't know what she smells like? You think I don't know what she sounds like? You think I couldn't pick my child, her voice, her essence out of 100,000 other kids? I know my child. I don't just know her in my head. I know her in my heart. If you know God in your heart, why are we struggling? If we really believe that God is this guy, why are we struggling? Why haven't we moved further along? Because we're walking by what we see, by what our circumstances are, by who got an opportunity before we got an opportunity, by who is making money and we not making money. Because we're walking by sight and not by faith. So who are you really waiting for? You. What are you waiting for? You waiting for Oprah to call, for Shonda to call, for Issa to call, Idris to call. Okay. <laughs> who are you really waiting for? Okay. You're really waiting for you. You're waiting for two things. Number one, you're waiting for you to get out of your head, to stop getting discouraged when it doesn't happen when you think it should. You're waiting for you to stop doubting God when the blessings don't come according to the script that you wrote for your success because you got an idea about how you think it ought to go. You're waiting for you to release control 
to the real author and finisher of your faith. God says, I wrote this play. Not you. I don't need your edits. Okay. The play can't move forward because you come in and say, I, I, cut, cut. I don't like that scene. Can, can, can we run that back? Can we, can we do something different? Uh, let's go back to the writing room and see if we can change that up. So who are you really waiting for? You're waiting for you, number one. And the Bible says this, you're also waiting for God. Verse 27 and verse 40 says, why do you complain, Jacob? As the Hebrew people say, Jacob. Why do you complain, Jacob? And when he's saying Jacob, he's not talking about one person. He's talking about the people, the descendants of Jacob, okay? Why do you say, Israel, people of Israel, people of Chicago, listeners on this podcast, believers, why do you say, my way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded by my God. I'm going to repeat that. Why do you say, listeners, why do you say, believers, my way is hidden from the Lord? The Lord can't see me. My cause is disregarded by my God. Why do you say that God is not concerned about your dream? You may not say it out loud, but you might say it in your mind. You might say it in your heart that you so desperately want to be there and it's not happening. And so you might get it in your head, God is not concerned about your dream. Why do you think that God can't see what you're struggling with? Why do you believe that your cause, your dream, your hopes, your passion, your calling, your desire has been cast aside and that God ain't thinking about you? Because I know I'm not the only person that's been there. I'm like, Lord, Man, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And you start thinking like, well, I probably sound like a big old baby. I mean, there's people homeless, right? You know, the Lord got bigger fish to fry. I mean, who am I? The Bible says, why are you saying that? If you truly believe that God who loves you enough to die for you will never leave you or forsake you. And even after Jesus died on the cross, which was enough. He went back to heaven and is still working on your behalf. Why are you saying to yourself, in your mind, in your heart, to anybody that listen, that God ain't thinking about you? That's what this verse is saying. But verse 29 and 30 says this. It says, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even the youths will grow tired and weary and young men will stumble and fall. Let me break these two verses down because we like to skip over them and get to the they that wait part. But no, let, let's pause here for a beat. It said he gives strength to the weary. God promises that while you are waiting, you will receive strength. God promises that when you feel like you can't do this any longer, you will receive power. You might think that you are too old for this because, you know, in the world we live in, if you didn't do it when you was 12, 11, 21, then life has just passed you by and you missed your beat and there goes your opportunity. But the Bible says that even those young folks will grow tired and get weary. So when you think that you're too old, there are people younger than you that will not have the stamina to do what God is calling you to do. That's what these two verses are saying. And then verse 31, but however, 
On the other hand, they that wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Waiting, don't miss this. Waiting is not a what, it's a how. When I say waiting, what are you doing? Waiting. I'm not saying what are you doing, but how are you doing it? It's not what you're doing, but how you're doing it. Waiting is not just killing time. Waiting means that you continue to work in anticipation of what God is going to do. Stop looking for the phone to ring. Stop looking for the email to come. Stop looking for the accolades. Stop looking for the big old check. Keep on working in anticipation that God is going to deliver, that he's going to come through, that he's going to open that door in Kairos. God does not operate on your schedule. That's Kronos. He operates in Kairos, meaning a moment in destiny that has already been assigned. So your blessing already has a due date. So until it's due, what do you do? Work, 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 work. You work. That's what you do in anticipation of what God is going to do. Don't wait and complain. Don't wait and doubt. Don't wait and wonder. The Bible says soar, run, walk in faith, in faith. That's how you wait. You don't just wait twiddling your thumbs. You wait and you work. And your head is down so that when the blessing comes, you were so busy working, you wasn't even stressing it. You wasn't even thinking about it. Work. So now, y'all, I felt that. I really did. Now I feel like James Brown. I need somebody to come and throw a cape on my shoulders while I shuffle off the stage. But no, now is, is our time to, to, to tell me what your thoughts are, my favorite part of pod class. So what are your thoughts, your reflections on this episode? It's time to work. The reflections for this episode is more about, you're right. I mean, for me, growing up, being in, in, in the business I'm in with filmmaking and all that stuff, yes. And going back to the past episodes about the baggage and all that, i am always been like, well, I'm not doing what uh, 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 David Fincher is doing or Christopher Nolan doing. Or I don't have the latest gear and, and technology. But then, and then now guys say, okay, now you got the equipment, the excuses are done. What you going to do with it? You know, and then now I'm finding more baggages. I'm finding more self-baggaging to keep me from working. And the funny thing about it, I do know that the Lord is in control. I do know the Lord authored my plan, you know, because he say man has a plan, but you give it all to the Lord. He lined up to his will and make your steps established and does so. But I, I have to realize that even though while I'm waiting, I still need to be working. And, and it's not going to come waiting but it's going to come by working towards and so um just like the last episode you were talking about <clears throat> regaining uh uh regaining your time reclaiming, reclaiming my time, my time. Reclaiming my time. Yes. <laughs> so yeah there are things i need to separate myself that reclaim my time to master my craft and master business things and then but like we were just talking uh before this episode how i know my golden hours of work so make sure I achieve those golden hours and get the work done. Because at least if anything, at least if I get one or two things done, it's a step better than none done. Faith is an active process. Faith is an action word. Faith is not just sit there and believe, 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 believe. Faith is not, uh, what do the kids say? Wish I may, wish I might have this wish I wish tonight. Faith don't work like that. Faith without 
Work, 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 work. Why are you working? Why are you going so hard in the paint? Why are you staying up late and getting up early? Why are you doing this? You got a good job with benefits. Why are you doing this? Because I believe what the word says. When you're working, you don't have time to be looking for pats on the back because you're working. And so thank you for that, that yeah, it's not just about waiting, it's about waiting and working. One more. My reflection would be, I, during my waiting, I guess I'm looking for more of that instant gratification, something that's like keeping me motivated. I'm looking like, okay, well, I had this thing. It was great. The response was great. I'm motivated. But then once that, once I come off that high, it's like, okay. And then I'm just like looking around instead of just working. And I feel like for me, I know in my head, like, Taisha, girl, you could have did this. You could have did that. But you get home, you make all these excuses. Oh, I can do it tomorrow. Oh, I'm tired. I got to get up tomorrow. You know, so for me, I know while I'm waiting, I need to continue to work. And while I'm, if I'm busy doing what I know I need to do, then I can't get distracted about what's not happening or what someone else is doing. So for me... This, that was probably the biggest takeaway while I'm just kind of sitting around looking around like what's going on when I can be getting making real strides in what I'm trying to do. Listeners, I want you to pause for a minute. I want you to think about your big, bold, audacious dream. So it might not be a call from Oprah or Idris. Shoot. But, you know, it might not be. It might not be. Um, but it might be a call from somebody else that, you know, that that you really admire in your industry. I mean, top, top. And think about that big dream about in terms of like really wanting to walk in that person's shoes, okay, and have that level of success and be deadly honest with yourself and ask yourself for real, for real. Are you ready for that? Do you have the type of infrastructure have you learned the kind of lessons? Have you mastered your craft to the point where if you did get that phone call, you could step right into it because you've done so much work in anticipation of that call that, boom, you ready for prime time. Are you ready for prime time? And if we're being honest with ourselves, most of us, the answer is like, nah, B, nah. But I just, you know, I wanted to get that call so I could put it out there in the atmosphere, you know, put it, get my likes on, the, on, on Facebook and the gram. And then you get into that opportunity that you're not ready for. And how many shots do you get at the brass ring? If you get one. So your one golden opportunity that you were not ready for, you step into it, look the whole fool. And then it, it, it's all for what? For nothing. I know. I remember this episode of the Cosby show. And I think Theo wanted to play the drums. And Theo... Or maybe this was Bill Cosby. Maybe it was Cliff. Somebody in that episode wanted to play the drums, okay? And they wanted to do pop, pop, boo, pop, pop, ting, tack, ting, That's what they wanted to do. But then when it was time for them to take the lessons, it was clack, clack, clack. Think about the Karate Kid. Okay, listeners, millennials, I'm dating myself. So you'd be like, what's the Karate Kid? I've never seen that. I've never heard of that. Get your life. Watch the Karate Kid. But Daniel, Daniel's son. Okay, the first one. Yeah, them other ones was raggedy. But watch the first Karate Kid. Daniel's son wanted to do karate. He wanted to kick butt. Everybody was kung fu fighting, right? 
But every time he went to Mr. Miyagi for a lesson, it was wax on, wax off, wax on, wax off. And it got to the point he was like, look, old man, I'm, I'm about sick of wax on, wax off because he did, that was moving too slow for him. It wasn't what he thought. It wasn't what he imagined. He didn't realize that wax on, wax off was preparing him for prime time. And so don't get weary in your wax on, wax off. Okay, if you this is what you've really been called to do, just keep working and waxing on and waxing off, okay? That didn't sound right. Let it go. All right, um, listen, <laughs> if you guys have comments, questions, takeaways, amens, you know you can hit me up at Dr. Shantae Says on Twitter, on Instagram. I love to hear you, and I will see you next time. Thank you for listening to Believing Bigger with Dr. Shantae. If you have any questions, comments, or just want to follow Dr. Shantae, you can find her on Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Shantae Says. Until next time, keep on believing bigger. Believing Bigger.